Hey there, it's Lauren Hooker, and this is the podcast version of my weekly LChat live stream. The video version of this episode has some really useful visuals, a comment section to interact with other viewers, and even a short Q&A at the end. So if you want to check that out, head on over to ellencompanydesign.com slash LChat, where you'll find this and lots of other episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in. and welcome to LChat, a weekly power hour of practical tips and strategies to help you start and scale your creative business. I'm your host, Lauren Hooker, and in today's episode, I'm sharing all about hiring an assistant. Creative entrepreneurs play many roles and wear many different hats, so it's inevitable that at some point you might consider lessening your load and delegating tasks by bringing on the help of an assistant. Whether hiring an assistant is in your near or distant future, you probably have a lot of questions. When is the best time to bring on an assistant? How do I find the right person? How much do I pay them? What are some best practices for training them? And so on. So I'm sharing my experience in hiring help and answering those questions in this week's L Chat. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's L Chat on hiring an assistant for your business. Um, this is a topic that I'm still exploring, to be honest, but have, I have a lot to share since taking on my first assistant about a year and a half ago, and now I have two great assistants. I'll tell you about them more in a moment and how I was able to bring them on. So I'm just going to jump right into the content. As I was reviewing this content and preparing these slides, <laughs> I realized that I still have a lot to learn when it comes to hiring just like a lot of other things in business, you're always learning. There are always things that you wish you had done differently, um, still could do differently, still are improving. So that's where I feel like I'm at. So I'm going to share everything that I've found helpful, things I wish I had done differently, things that I, um, thank goodness, did correctly from the get-go. Aren't as many of those as um, what I learned to do differently. But um, I hope that this content is helpful for you. Um, and where you're at in your business. So this might be a little self-explanatory, but why hire help in the, in the first place? Um, the first thing that most of you are probably dealing with in your business right now is not enough time and manpower. There are so many tasks on your plate. You um, feel like there aren't enough hours to get them all done and get them all done well. And that's common, especially when you're running your business on your own. So you know that if you were able to hire an assistant, you could get more done, um, you could have more manpower, and hopefully hire or get more clients and work with more clients or customers. Um, hiring help is also helpful for diverse gifts and abilities. You're very limited into what you can do and what you can do well. I've seen that. Um, so hiring help is has been so huge for me because my assistants have different gifts than what I have, thank goodness. Um, so hiring assistants can be helpful for that as well. The ability to focus on really important tasks. I um, still find myself doing tasks that I'm thinking, I could be spending my time on something so much more helpful for my business, but I have to do the, these um, monotonous tasks. And so I need to pass those off to assistants so I can spend my time on what's most important. 
Another reason is the potential for greater revenue. Perhaps that's the most important reason. You might be at a place in your business where you know that you could bring on more clients, you know that you could sell more product if only you had more help. And another thing that I wasn't expecting when I hired assistants, but something really positive that's come out of it is having greater accountability in my business. Having assistants who are able to see what I'm working on um, and who are super productive and motivated themselves pushes me to be more um, productive and get more done as well. So it helps to have someone looking over your shoulder, even when it's your assistants, especially when it's your assistants. Um, I love this quote, and I think it gets to the heart of, of hiring help, too. No person will make a great business who wants to do it all himself or get all the credit. Um, you are limited in your time and your abilities, so growing your team is one of the best things that you can do for your business. Um, you can't do it all yourself, so it's good to know your limits and to account for them through hiring assistance. Um, so when is the best time to bring on help? I know for my business, um, I wish that I had done it a lot sooner. I waited until I was in way over my head um, and then decided to hire assistants. You may, may be at a point where you feel like um, you're, you're reaching that point where you want to hire assistants, but it's kind of like making the leap to full time. Um, there's no necessarily right time, but there are questions that you can ask yourself and tips that you can follow for making that transition a lot smoother. Um, it's always going to be a leap, and you're, it might feel out of your comfort zone, um, but sometimes you're better than others. So in my experience, like I said a moment ago, I wish that I would have hired help sooner. I waited until I was working well over 12-hour days, sometimes six or seven days a week, um, and I didn't account for the time that it would take to onboard new employees or the learning curve of managing a team and being a boss. I thought I would hire help, they would start helping me right away, and everything would be smooth sailing from there. I didn't think about the time it would take to train them um, and how to set up blog posts and how to um, do all of the tasks that I would be delegating to them. So I also didn't realize that I needed some training. It wasn't just my assistant. It was also me for learning how to be a good boss because I was used to being my own boss and accounting for myself and my own time. I was very good at um, being a boss to myself, but not very good at being a boss to someone else. That was something that I hadn't considered. Um, I have a lot of quotes in this one, but I found these to be so helpful. Jessica Jackley said, as all entrepreneurs know, you live and die by your ability to prioritize. You must focus on the most important mission critical tasks each day and night and then share, delegate, delay, or skip the rest. And I was at a point in my business, and maybe you feel this way too, that I was spending so much time on tasks that anyone could do or that could be done better than someone um, like me or by someone who wasn't like me. Um, I found that I was spending my time on emails and setting thing, setting up content and um, setting up a sauna and all these tasks that could be done by someone else instead of creating. Instead of working with clients, instead of creating that content, I found that I was probably spending 70% of the time on tasks that could be done by an assistant and 30% of time on tasks that were actually making me money. And so um, you might be at that point too. There are a couple critical questions to ask right now. 
Um, am I unable to take on more clients or fill more orders because I don't have enough manpower? Do you feel like you're at a place in your business where you could be able to take on more clients if you didn't have to do so many administrative tasks? Or that you could be able to take on more orders and fill, on, fill more orders if you had more manpower to do so? If so, um, you might be very close to needing to bring on an assistant. The extra money that you would make and the extra revenue that you would make from those extra clients and customers could easily cover um, the cost of hiring an assistant. It just takes making that leap. Another critical question to ask, am I spending more time on tasks that don't require my touch than tasks that do? Like I said a moment ago, are you spending time on things that don't require your gifts and abilities that anyone could do? Um, if so, it might be time to hire an assistant so you can get back to doing the tasks that only you can do. So don't wait like I did until you're in over your head. You can start planning by doing a couple things. The first is setting a goal. I always find it helpful to set a goal to work toward, whether it's time-based, revenue-based, client-based. Um, when do you hope to bring on an assistant? What would allow you to do that? Do you want to bring on an assistant six months from now? You need to start planning that today. Um, do you want to bring on an assistant when you start making a certain amount of money? Go ahead and set that amount of money so that you can, you can start working toward this goal. Um, but also keep in mind that you'll be able to bring in more revenue if you hire assistants because you'll be spending your time, hopefully, on the tasks that will bring in that revenue. You want to make sure that you have a certain number of clients before you hire an assistant. Whatever that looks like, set that goal now so that you can start working toward it. I wish that I had done that when I first started my business. Also meet with an accountant. I can't tell you how much money you need to be bringing in. Um, I don't know what that looks like for you and your business, but I do know that delegating my bookkeeping and accounting work to other people gave me so much peace of mind in my business. It allowed me to, um, to really know the numbers instead of just trying to make it work and, and guessing. So meet with your accountant, sit down, crunch the numbers. Um, they can help you prepare for bringing on assistants and figuring out how much to pay them and all that sort of stuff. Um, you'll have so much more peace of mind if you hire an accountant to do that if you don't already have one. Um, consider recurring revenue to cover the cost. My Ellen Company library is a source of easy recurring revenue for my business and it totally covers the cost of my assistance. So if you're worried about the cost of hiring an assistant, try to get creative and think of something that isn't going to take much of your time and effort, maybe even something that an assistant could help with and kind of run that's passive income, that's recurring passive income so that you can cover the cost of your employees. Um, the Ellen Company Library has been a great way to do that and a great way to continue to pay my two assistants month after month. Also start tracking your time. I use a time tracker called Toggle, and it's great because I can set categories for all the tasks in my business. So whether I'm answering emails, working on client work, writing a blog post, writing a newsletter, preparing for these L chats, I have categories for each one of those. And then I try to track my time every week. So I set a timer when I start working on a new task. And then I can look at the end of the week or the end of the month and see what's eating up a ton of time. If those, if you start to do that, and I encourage you to do so, and you see that a lot of your time is being spent 
on administrative work, on things that could be done by an assistant, um, that's a good indicator that you need to hire an assistant and make that work. Um, so tracking your time is a great way, a great thing that you can start doing right now um, to start planning for an assistant. Also, make a list of tasks that can be delegated. I remember when I started thinking through bringing on, a, on an on an assistant, the thought of it was great, but when I sat down and thought, what tasks could I actually delegate? It was a little bit harder if I tried to sit down and think of all of, make a list of all the tasks all at once. So I kept a running list. If I was working on something and I thought, hmm, I don't have to do this. I could pass this off to an assistant. I wrote it down. So that way when I was ready and I brought on an assistant, I had all of the tasks that I was ready to give them. And I had an idea of all the tasks that I would need help with. So you can start planning today, even if you don't plan on hiring an assistant within the next year even. Um, it's good to have on your radar so that you can start working toward that goal. All right, so how do you find the right person? Maybe you're at a place where you are ready to hire someone soon, um, or you just want to keep this in the back of your mind when you are ready to hire someone. But how do you find that right person? Um, another quote by David Ogilvie, he says, hire people who are better than you are, then leave them to get on with it. Look for people who will aim for the remarkable, who will not settle for the routine. It's hard to find those kinds of people. Um, so where do you find the people who are better than you are, um, who aim for the remarkable, and who will not settle for the routine? Um, also, I heard this wisdom, I don't even know where I heard it, but I heard it years ago um, from someone I really respected. I wish I could remember. But they said, try to find someone who's followed your business from the start, which is easier said than done, and try to find someone who loves your business almost as much as you do. That's really hard too. Um, so those are your goals. Those are like the ideal when you're hiring. Can you always find someone who's followed along with you from the start and loves your business as much as you do? No. Truly, no one's going to love your, love your business as much as you do. It's kind of like your child. Um, you're the one pouring all the time and energy into it. But um, I'm grateful. Both of my assistants kind of fall in that realm. Um, I found my first assistant, Jenny. Actually, she's my best friend. She followed Ellen Company from the start. She followed along when I was just freelancing and doing wedding invitations. Um, and she was probably one of my biggest supporters all the way through and was really excited to see what I was working on. A lot of people will advise you not to hire family or friends, but I found that I could really trust Jenny. Um, I could trust her with any part of my business, and I knew that she'd been following along and had been familiar with it. Familiarity is huge. So I hired Jenny about a year and a half ago um, in January 2016, and around that same time, right after I hired Jenny, um, this really sweet girl named Marissa reached out to me, said she'd been following along with Ellen Company for years, and um, asked if I needed some help um, like a VA or an assistant. And I told her I just hired someone, but I would love to keep her in mind. Um, she sent me her resume. It checked out, looked great. And I'll talk about that in a second. So I always kept her in the back of my mind. Six months later, I was about to reach out to her, had the email typed up, wanted my husband to take a look at it first before I acted on it. And wouldn't you know, I kid you not, 
Um, while I was waiting, Marissa sent me an email again and said I wanted to reach back out. I know you just launched Freelance Academy. Um, I know that you could probably use some help, and so it was perfect timing. All that to be said, um, Marissa and Jenny both know my business well and love my business and hopefully love what they do. They tell me they do. Um, and so that is so helpful when you're hiring to try to find people like that. How do you find them? Where do you find them? Oh, and some qualifications I looked for before I get to that. Um, I wanted to look for people who had knowledge of the industry, not just any virtual assistant out there um, who could, you know, write emails and do that for anybody, but I wanted them to know the creative industry um, because it's very different. It's, it's kind of its own little world, so I wanted to make sure they were familiar with exactly what I did already. So that's, that's hard to train. Um, I also wanted to make sure that they were organized and very systems-oriented. For me, being able to trust assistance is huge. For you, it probably will be too, and so I wanted to know that they were well-organized because I like to think that I am and systems oriented so we could keep that going and just um, get on a roll with tasks. I also wanted to make sure they were quick learners, that they were self-motivated and self-starters, especially because they'd be working um, remotely. One of my assistants, Jenny, is in Virginia and Marissa is in Alabama. So they work part-time for me after their normal nine to five jobs. So it was really important for me to know that they were self-starters and um, could stay on task and get stuff done even if I wasn't right there with them. Another thing for me, I want to enjoy spending time with the people I'm working with. Um, I think I heard, uh, it was actually my husband's boss said this to him, if we're not having fun, we need to reevaluate. Not that every task that you're doing will be fun, um, but you should enjoy the people you're spending time with. Um, you might have conflicts here and there, misunderstandings, but um, for me it was key that they were enjoyable. And like I said a moment ago, trustworthy. So those were some of the qualifications I looked for. Um, if you're trying to seek out help and you have nobody on the radar screen to bring on as an assistant, I encourage you first to consider your long-term goals. Is this someone that you just want to bring on right now, maybe for the next year? Is this someone that you want to bring on for the next five years? Are you wanting to hire them part-time for right now and eventually move them to full-time? What's your goal here um, in hiring an assistant? And what are your long-term goals for your assistants? Um, then list out the qualifications. Just like I shared mine a moment ago, what's the most important to me when I'm looking for um, assistance? Is it their education, um, their experience, their character? What are you looking for in an ideal candidate as your assistant? Then write out the job description. Figure out exactly what you want them to be doing so that when you're looking for someone, you can see if they're capable of doing that. So think about the duties and capabilities um, duties that they'll be doing and the capabilities that they need in order to do the job well. And then reach out to your current audience. See if there are people who've been following along with you, are familiar with your business, familiar with your industry. Um, I would say as a last resort, look outside of your industry for assistance. But start with your audience and the people who are currently following along with you. Then, if, um, if you don't see anybody turn up there, reach out to industry peers. 
Um, when Marissa reached out to me right after I hired Jenny and I told her that I couldn't hire her right then, I already knew someone, another designer, um, Katie Smith from Dropcap Design. She was looking for an assistant, reached out to me, and I appointed her to Marissa. So I was able to make that connection. So reach out to industry peers. They might know of someone who would be a good fit for you. And then if you still don't come across anything, reach out to forums like Facebook groups um, in your industry. You might find people there as well. But try to look within your current sphere um, before looking outside of it. And try with your audience first, industry peers second, and then industry-related Facebook groups. Um, and I'm sure you'll at least get a referral or something um, from one of those outlets. After you start receiving resumes, maybe you're connected with a few different people and you're trying to decide who might be the best fit, um, prepare a thorough interview based on your ideal qualifications. Look back through that qualifications list. You don't have to say, how are you with time management? But ask questions that get to the heart of that question or get to the heart of that qualification. Um, sit down and, and put some time into um, your interview questions. They don't have, you don't have to grill people. Um, you can still be friendly and personable, but put some time into that. Um, check references and check social media accounts too. Ask, ask them for references um, from other people, other employers, um, other peers, and then social media accounts too. You can get to know someone fairly well by looking at their social media accounts. You can also, um, and this is really important, write up a contract with your assistants, whether you have a lawyer. Um, as I was reading up on this for contracts for employees, um, you can also reference your small business association. I know if you're in the States, each state has a small business association. My cat is on my laptop and she is deleting slides. That's great. Um, let's go back here. Sorry, guys. There we go. Um, write up a contract. Like I said, reference your small business association. They usually have re um, resources on each. Like if you go, if I went to the South Carolina Small Business Association, they have resources for things like this. Um, so be sure you write up that contract and outline your expectations and, and roles and all of that. Number three, um, the third question you might think about is, how much should I pay them? Paying can be really tricky. Um, my experience, as I think about my long-term goals for my assistants, my hope is to be able to bring them on in a full-time capacity. I want them to stick with me. I want them to enjoy their work, and I want them to know that I value them. And so a lot of that starts out with paying a reasonable amount for their work and making it worth their while. If I pay them the bare minimum, that might work out well for me, but it doesn't, um, I want them to enjoy their job and feel like it's worth their while. So I started out far above minimum wage. I wanted them to feel valued. I wanted them to feel like their work mattered and I wanted them to stick with me for a while. I didn't want to, I don't want to have to go um, from assistant to assistant. And so I knew that if I hired someone, I wanted to pay them well. Um, and it's for me, it's totally worth it. They go above and beyond. Both of my assistants do. Um, they are both extremely motivated and keep me on my toes. <laughs> so um, for me, it's well worth it. Um, but my, I would encourage you, there are a few do's and a few things to avoid. Do meet with your accountant when you're figuring out how much to pay your assistants. Don't just wing it. 
um, pull a number out of thin air, crunch the numbers. It may not be fun, but it's necessary. Um, come up with a payroll system. Figure out how you're going to pay your employees. Your accountant might set that up for you. Um, and be sure, first and foremost, I know people who are paying employees and don't even give themselves a paycheck. Don't do that. Make sure that you're paying yourself regularly first. Um, if you're not, meet with that accountant, get that set up, and then figure out when you might be able to bring someone on, how much you can pay them, how you're going to work out payroll and all of that stuff. Um, think about hourly rate versus a flat rate. I pay hourly for each one of my assistants, um, and I have them keep track of their hours, which I'll tell you about in just a second. But uh, try to avoid, like I said, winging it and just pulling a number out of thin air and then trying to make it work. And try to also avoid paying the bare minimum. Um, I don't know what that looks like for you and what you're capable of paying people. Again, you can meet with your accountant and figure that out. But think about long-term goals and um, and whether you want your employees to feel valued and enjoy what they do. And if so, you might want to pay them well. Um, keeping up with hours. So I pay, like I said, I pay my um, assistants hourly or by an hourly rate. And I have them track their hours through Toggle. So I track my own time through Toggle. Um, I need to get back on that. I haven't been as good about that since we moved to South Carolina. Um, but my assistants are great about it. And they have the categories, too, for where they're spending their time. And they track them. Um, we set an ideal number of hours. So with one of my assistants, Marissa, the ideal number of hours for her to work is 10 hours a week. And so she usually hits that number um, every time. But during launches, like um, the Freelance Academy course launched last week, she had a lot of extra hours, maybe like 15 hours a week, maybe more. And so um, we account for those hours, and I'm happy to pay her for those extra hours during those seasons. We just account for those. And then Toggle also allows me to see where time is being spent. Because they're categorizing all their time, I can see when they turn in a report, which I'll show you in a second, when they turn in their hours, I can see where they're spending their time and if I need to reevaluate re tasks or, um, or switch up what I'm de delegating. So, for example, um, this is one of my assistant's Toggle um, Toggle reports. You can see what days she worked and how many hours she worked and the projects that she's worked on. So LChat took up a ton of time, um, especially when we were trying to get the podcast up and running at first. So I can see where she's spending her time, Freelance Academy, and then time entries. I can see replying to emails, monitoring social media accounts, and all that sort of stuff. So it can be really detailed with Toggle, which is great um, for both of us to see where we're spending our time. All right, so how do you onboard your new assistant? Um, this is something that I didn't really account for. I thought I'd hire someone and teach them what I do, and it would happen fairly quickly. And I didn't really set um, a time limit on how, you know, I didn't even think through this, honestly. And so looking back, this is one of those areas where I wish that I had done a lot differently. Some things worked out really well. Other things I could have done a lot better. Um, so some best practices from what I learned for onboarding your assistant. First would be to take the strengths, strengths finder and Myers-Briggs tests. Um, personality tests aren't 100% accurate, and um, you may have taken some in the past, but they're really helpful for finding out what makes people tick, what they're really great at. Um, for the strengths finder, one of my assistants, Marissa, ranked highest for communication, and it 
that nailed her to a T. Um, she is great at asking questions, making sure um, every, she's clear on exactly what she needs to do. She is an awesome communicator. And so for me, that's really helpful to know um, as her boss. And Myers-Briggs tests, too, are, are really helpful. Um, just figuring out how your personalities are going to mesh and what each other's strengths are. Because if I know that she's strong in certain areas, it helps me figure out what tasks are best to delegate to her. Um, also outline clear expectations and roles so that your assistants know exactly what their role is and exactly what they need to be doing. Um, again, that goes with clear communication. Um, I needed to do a better job of that, especially having two assistants and saying, Jenny, you're going to be working on these tasks. Marissa, you're going to be working on these tasks. And it didn't, it took a couple months for me to really um, figure out what that would look like and assign them those roles. Create a home base for your team. I know I talk about Asana a lot, but it is the home base of Ellen Company. We really couldn't run this business without it. Um, so it's, it allows us to have all of the projects, create subtasks for it, delegate those tasks to certain members of the team. Um, it's really that home base. So whether you use Asana or Basecamp or any of those other systems, maybe even Trello, make sure you're creating that home base. It makes it easier on every member of your team. Um, so, And it's really helpful when you onboard. You just add them right into that system and teach them how to use it and then um, hit the ground running. Outline your workflows as well. I'll show you our workflow board in a second. But right in Asana, um, we have an Asana board with each um, each workflow. So I have a workflow for blog posts. We have a workflow for setting up newsletters and ConvertKit. We have a workflow for these L chats. Now we have a workflow for the L chat podcast. So um, all the tasks that need to be done, we went ahead and outlined those. So if um, my assistants, when they first started, had a question like, oh, we just did this. What do I need to do next? They could refer to those workflows and easily know every step of the process and refer back to it. Something that was also extremely important and kind of fun to do was to record um, tasks using QuickTime. So, for example, if I was setting up an email in ConvertKit, rather than show Jenny or Marissa how to do that several times and in order and expect them to remember how to do those tasks every time. I set, I recorded my screen as I set up an email um, in ConvertKit using QuickTime. So if you have a Mac, QuickTime is already probably on your computer. I just pulled it up and recorded my screen and kind of treated it like um, a Food Network show. So as I was setting up my um, content in ConvertKit, setting up that newsletter, I would talk out loud um, to Jenny and Marissa, but really to myself when I was recording it and just explaining every single step and explaining what I was doing. And I dropped those videos right in Asana um, in the workflows. And so those videos were there so that if Jenny or Marissa were setting up um, a new newsletter, they could pull up that video and watch it and pause it if they needed to and go throughout that um, workflow for that task. So it was right there for them. They weren't forced to remember every step of the process and they could refer back to it later. It also saved me a lot of time um, 
because I wasn't having to run through those tasks again and again. Stephanie just asked in the comments, did you pay them for their time to watch your QuickTime videos to learn the workflows? Yes. So I have them track their time too for the whole onboarding process. Um, for learning the yeah learning how to do those things and thankfully because they were quick learners it didn't take them long at all i also pay them um for our team meetings so if they tune in if we have monthly team meetings and i'll talk about that in a second um but they get paid for joining in those team meetings too because it is taking up their time so i'd be i'm sure to pay them for that you're welcome all right, so here's a look at my one of my Asana workflow boards. So you can see um, in the left-hand column, and I'll make this a little bit bigger for you. You can see in this left-hand column, we have a project named Workflows, and I set up um, an Asana board. You could do this in Trello, too. You could do this in Google Docs. We just really work out of Asana. And you can see um, LChats, LChat recaps, podcasts, library editions, all the different tasks, we list a workflow for it. So for the LChat, we create a new Google Doc for it, name the webinar, write the description, create and outline the questions. So we just walk through every single task in there. And then we, I can even assign the tasks. So Jenny sets up the Google Doc, I name the webinar, I write the description, and so on. Same thing for LChat recaps, podcast. So the great thing is that if my assistants are ever hung up or if they think maybe I forgot a step in this process, they can refer back to these workflows. Um, and on the back of the card, you can link to um, master documents, you can add comments and all sorts of stuff, and you could even attach a video if you have a walkthrough video there. Um, so I found that to be extremely helpful um, to have those workflow boards. Maybe I could even, if y'all are interested, write a blog post on how I set that up. Um, and then also we use Slack um, for communicating as a team. We have different channels, um, a general channel, um, I read this channel. If I come across an article that I really think would be helpful for them to read, I, I put that there. A share article or a share channel for if I come across other really helpful content that I think the Ellen Company audience would love to see and it, maybe it needs to be shared on social media, um, I drop it there. Social queries, if someone asks me a question and Jenny and Marissa are helping with social media accounts, they can ask me there and we can communicate. And then I can communicate directly with each one of them um, right through Slack. So it's helpful because email can get really, um, can be a pain in the butt. So having um, the Slack channel is a really great way to easily communicate and Slack has an app so you can access it from your phone as well. So we couldn't function without Slack. Another way that we communicate with each other is through those uh, monthly meetings. And I set those up in a Crowdcast window, just like this one. And they tune in and I can invite them on the screen and, um, and they can access the recording. We can all access the recording later. I also set up a Google Doc before every meeting and outline what we're going to cover in the meeting so we can stay on track. I give them access to that. I try to within a day of the meeting and so they can prepare and add notes and all that sort of stuff too. Um, so that's kind of how we set up communication through Slack and through meetings and occasionally we'll jump on the phone um, with each other as well. 
two big pieces of advice that I learned the hard way um, when I was onboarding Jenny and Marissa. The first was to let it go and be patient. Um, there will be times when you feel like, man, this task could get done so much quicker if I just handled it myself or a time when your assistant may get something wrong. Um, don't let it keep you from delegating tasks. Know that there's a learning curve involved in what you're doing and you might be great at it because you've done it for years, months. Um, you've done it a lot longer than they have, but be patient. Um, it might take a little bit of time, but it'll be worth it in the long run because they will get really great at it and maybe even be better than you are at some of these things. So let it go and be patient. Um, two really good quotes on delegating. Richard Branson says, if you really want to grow as an entrepreneur, you've got to learn to delegate. He's one of the most successful entrepreneurs of our time. Um, and he didn't get there by trying to do it all himself. He wouldn't have several businesses, several successful businesses, if he hadn't learned to delegate. Um, so delegate. And the second one is Eli Broad. He says, the inability to delegate is one of the biggest problems I see with managers at all levels. Um, it was really hard for me as, as a perfectionist to, to be able to loosen my grip and delegate tasks to my assistants, knowing that it might take them a little longer, knowing that they might not do it exactly as I do it. Uh, but I would encourage you to try to have open hands from the start and realize you can't do it all and do it all well and, um, and that you need to delegate and pass tasks off. Another thing that I learned um, the hard way, and I'm still trying to do better at, is to assign a task to your assistant and let them run with it. Um, I learned very quickly that I, as much as I hate it, can be a micromanager. And so I would assign a task and then tell them exactly how to do it. Um, sometimes with those workflows, those tasks can't be avoided. You know, all of those um, to-dos can't be avoided. But if I give my assistants a task like come up with an affiliate program, I can't sit there and tell them exactly how to do it. I'm delegating it to them because I don't want to do it and I don't know how to do it and I don't have the time to do it. And so I need to show that I trust them um, by giving them a task and letting them come up with their own systems and methods for carrying out that task. Um, you're totally negating the purpose of having an assistant if you assign them a task and then look over their shoulder and tell them exactly how to do it or they do it and then you go back and fix it um, and spend as much time fixing it as you did assigning it. Assign the task, trust them, let them come up with their own systems and methods for doing it and run with it. Um, your assistants are going to get really weary and burned out if they don't have any ownership over the tasks that they're doing. And a lot of times I've found that my assistants, their systems and their methods and their ideas are so much better than my own if I would just um, have open hands with it and trust them with it. I really love this quote from George Patton. He says, don't tell people how to do things. Tell them what to do and let them surprise you with their results. Give them ownership over their projects, over the projects you assign them. Let them run with it, and you will definitely be surprised, especially if you've hired the right people. Um, and the last thing, how do I maintain a good working relationship? This is something I'm always trying to improve on. Once I've hired an assistant, onboarded them, um, how can I continue a good working relationship so that we enjoy each other, so that they enjoy their job? Um, 
I don't know about you, but I have had some terrible bosses in the past, one of which actually helped me uh, make the leap to Ellen Company because I hated my job so much. He treated me like a number, that I was easily replaceable. Um, I'm sure that you all can relate to having some terrible bosses, and so I never want my assistants to feel like they're just a number, that I don't value them. Um, and so this one is really important to me, and it's something I'm still trying to learn. Um, best practices for working with your assistant is to use the upside-down pyramid model. So I learned this from a leadership book. I think it was The Ten Mistakes Leaders Make is the name of the book. Um, and it, and it, one of the greatest mistakes is that leaders tend to look at their assistants and having help as kind of like a pyramid where they're at the top of the pyramid, their assistants are below them. And so they bark out orders and everybody has to step in line and follow suit. Um, the guy who wrote this book, I wish I could remember his name, uh, talked about an upside down pyramid model where you're the boss and you're at the bottom and your job is to equip everyone to be able to do their job well, um, assigning the right tasks, knowing their strengths and being able to equip them and make sure they have everything they need to do the job well. So instead of viewing your role as a boss as someone to be served, viewing your role as a boss as how to serve other people well and how to serve your assistants well. And I think that was totally a game changer for me. Um, with Jenny and Marissa and having assistance and having a team is shifting it from how can they help me to how can I help them get all of these tasks done um, and get them done well as a boss. And so um, some of that comes through praise and gratitude. If they do a really good job, letting them know that they've done a really great job or that I really appreciate their effort and that I really appreciate everything that they're doing. Um, even though I'm paying them for their work, um, I'm so appreciative to have them on board. I'm grateful that they're um, willing to work outside of their normal nine to five to help me with my business and that they're always coming up with great ideas. I want them to feel valued. And so I try to make it a practice um, to show gratitude even in the small things, um, something that I'm always working on and, and could do better at. Try to be available and approachable. Um, check in and see if there's anything that they need, anything that could be done differently. Keep the lines of communication open. I feel like when you can't communicate with each other, it's easy to hold back and let things get worse and worse and worse. Um, it's also hard if you feel like you can never get in contact with your boss. And so try to be available and approachable with your assistant. Also show interest in their life outside of work. I like to think that my business is much more than just tasks and to-dos. Um, and I want to always remember that my assistant is a person and not just a workhorse for me. And so I try to always ask um, about what's going on in their life outside of work. How's their um, week going? How is their normal nine to five going? Um, and just let them know that I care about them as a person and I don't just care about them because um, they're getting stuff done for me. And then the last one is to have fun. Um, like I said a moment ago, my husband's boss said if they weren't having fun, then something was wrong. Not that it's all about fun, but um, I don't believe that work has to be terrible and, um, I don't know, unex not exciting. So um, have fun and enjoy each other. You'll, you'll enjoy your work a lot more, and when you enjoy your work a lot more, you, the outcomes will be a lot better. 
I love this quote. People who work in an environment where doing their best is recognized have a better chance of feeling good about their work. And Marilyn Settle said that. Um, I think that's so true. You can probably relate whether you're currently working for, for a boss or you have worked for a boss in the past. When they appreciate your work and where their best is recognized um, or where your best is recognized, you usually feel better about your work and more excited. So before I dive into questions, if you all have any questions, um, I wanted to leave you with a few things that you can do today, whether you are um, hoping to bring on an assistant this month or next year, you can start working toward that goal today by doing a few things. One is to set a goal for bringing on help. Um, I usually like time-based goals. I want to bring on an assistant by January 2018 or um, September 2018. Go ahead and set that goal so that you can start breaking it down into action steps for working toward it. Begin tracking your time. Um, Figure out where you're spending most of your time and and whether it's helpful that you're spending your time there. Are you spending your time on the things that require your touch? Or are you spending your time on things that anybody could be doing like an assistant? Starting a, Start a running list of tasks to delegate. Start writing down tasks that don't require your touch that you could easily pass off to um, someone else. I actually have a blog post on tasks that you can delegate that I'll link to in the show notes that come out every Tuesday on the blog. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Also meet with your accountant. They're going to have the insights on uh, how much you need to be making in order to pay an assistant, and they can work out all of those details and crunch the numbers for you. And then set aside 30 minutes a day to educate yourself. Remember that um, your assistants aren't the only ones who are going to have to be trained. You're going to have to be trained in how to be a good boss. That's something I totally didn't account for, and that really took me by surprise. Um, and so I don't want that to be the case for you. I try to set aside 30 minutes a day. Um, I was doing it right after lunch. I needed that. It's kind of a great in-between time from eating lunch and then getting back into the swing of things for um, the afternoon. I'm not as productive in the afternoon as I am in the morning, so it's kind of a good middle ground. Um, but I spend 30 minutes trying to read a book or watch a webinar replay or um, read some blog posts or something along those lines to continue my education, not only as a designer, not only as a blogger, but also as a boss to my employees. Um, Nancy Ray, I came across, she has a team, she's a photographer, and she has some awesome resources um, for hiring assistants and working with a team. Um, if you go to her website, I think it's under products or something like that. Some of them are free, some of them you have to pay for, um, but those are very helpful. Um, the Top 10 Mistakes Leaders Make was a book that was helpful for me, and I'm constantly trying to come across new resources for leading my team. Um, so those are a couple. If y'all know of any great resources for that, I would love to hear them. So whether you're tuning in live to the webinar and you want to leave a comment or you're listening to this in podcast form or you're watching the replay, feel free to leave a comment, whether it's on the blog, post, recap, or, um, or just reach out to me and let me know. Send me an email with some of those resources. Um, I would love to hear them. All right. So I'm going to dive into questions. We don't have any questions. I'm so surprised about this. Um, I'll wait just a second to see if any questions come in. Um, but if not, we might just end a little bit early. Um, 
I appreciate you all taking the time to join in today, and I hope that this was helpful for you. Like I said, this isn't a topic that I feel like I'm um, a huge expert on, and a lot of it I learned by trial and error. Um, but there are some things that I feel like worked well and some things that um, that I learned the hard way that I hope that you all can learn from. Um, I hope this webinar was very helpful for you. And um, yeah, I hope to see you in next week's L Chat, which is about launches. I have a very simple launch approach. Some people have, um, it gets really complicated with Facebook ads and affiliate programs and all the things. And I don't, hold to that. I think you can have a simple launch and have it be just as effective. I just saw that with my Freelance Academy course, and I've seen it time and time again with my different offerings. And so I'm going to be sharing that launch strategy with you next week. So if you click on my um, profile, you can see the next um, LChat coming up, or you can go to ellencompanydesign.com slash LChat, and you can register for that webinar next week. Same time, same place, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and I'll be sharing all about that. But again, thank you all for tuning in this week. Um, I hope it was helpful for you, and I hope to see you in another L Chat very soon. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to the L Chat podcast. For show notes, a replay of the original live stream, slides, and more, head on over to ellencompanydesign.com slash L Chat. Hope you'll join in again soon.